Chapter Twenty Three of the Ins and Outs of Paris or Paris by Day and Night by Julie de Marguerite. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. How Paris is Educated education has been the great cry of the last fifty years in almost every country france has perhaps joined less in the cry than any other and as far as free schools for the people are concerned it may be considered to have fewer than any other nation the attention of french legislators has been more especially directed towards the amelioration and education of the middle class this class arose from the ruins of the great revolution of seventeen ninety three the great tire etat which for centuries had been accumulating strength vigour and intelligence the elements of that power it at last wrested from the weak and degenerate hands of a class on whom it had once looked with respect and now scoffed at with contempt the great middle class is as it were the brains of france from it spring her statesmen her historians her poets her artists her financiers even her generals for valour almost the prerogative of the nobility of france has been found hereditary in all her children the nobility have however with some exceptions become enlightened and preserving all their traditional chivalry and honour have voluntarily abjured the privileges of their class and trusted to themselves alone for distinction the youth of france are educated in public schools called colleges. these schools are not free schools and admit no day scholars these colleges are beautiful buildings entre cour et jardin that is having a courtyard in front and a large garden and playground behind they are enclosed with substantial walls all the professors are residents and cannot any more than the pupils absent themselves without the permission of the head of the college called monsieur le proviseur before the revolution of eighteen thirty almost all the professors especially the principal ones were jesuit priests but now there is an especial law forbidding that any ecclesiastic should hold a situation in any of the public colleges there is however a chaplain attached to each college and mass is said in the chapel there is a chapel in every college the weekly fast appointed by the church is observed and a day in each month appointed for confession after the first communion however which takes place at about twelve years old the confessional is rarely frequented and the practices of religion are somewhat neglected without however calling down any animadversion from the authorities in the public schools of paris the priesthood have no influence they are merely tolerated the expense of a boy's education in one of these colleges is including all extras from a thousand to twelve hundred francs a year they are all under the supervision of the government and the government has within its gift free admissions given to orphans of public employees or to the sons of men in office known to be men of moderate fortune it can bestow either une bourse entière meaning the whole education fee or une demi-bourse in which the father and the government share the expense of the education between them each college has a uniform worn by the boys during the whole of their stay which is generally from nine to nineteen after going through all the public examinations the young men of course follow the bent of their own inclinations and adopt the various callings to which their talents may lead them the école polytechnique opens its doors to engineers both civil and military and the schools for the learned sciences await those so inclined on the other side of the seine it is usual for almost all young men to inscribe their names at the école de droit 
and to go through the three years course of the study of law till they are qualified to take the title of bachelier des lettres it is not necessary for this that young men whose families reside in paris should become students of the quartier latin the study of the law as far as this goes consists merely in lectures which it is possible to attend even after having commenced life either in commerce diplomacy or any other career in these colleges there reigns a perfect equality no distinctions whatever are admitted no privileges the rich and the poor all fare alike and fare very well as to bed and board the utmost cleanliness and regularity is observed throughout the whole establishment louis philippe either in the interest of his sons or in the interest of his own popularity placed them for their education at the collège henri iv where they were treated exactly like the other boys not even carrying off any very great number of prizes the princes formed friendships at these colleges which endured in after-life of course much to the advantage of their friends alfred de musset was the great chum of the duke of orleans he was of a noble family but poor and proud he never condescended to ask a favour endowed with extravagant habits his great genius did not suffice to keep him out of embarrassments for he was as idle as he was talented he could spend in a few weeks what should have lasted him a year and then retire from the world and his friends until some fresh piece of literature brought him once more to light the duke of orleans surprised at the abrupt absences of his friend contrived at last to find out their real motive he instantly set about seeking in what way he could come to his assistance and accordingly appointed him librarian of the ministère de l'intérieur musset accepted the appointment but on inquiring for the library in order to assume his post he was told by the astonished janitor that within the knowledge of the man there never had been any library at the ministère de l'intérieur musset indignantly returned his diploma writing an angry note to the prince resenting being treated like a beggar and given a sinecure out of charity the duke's note deserves quoting mon cher ami there is no library i know but there is to be one i know it is usual to collect the library before getting the librarian but this is an age of progress and i am a prince therefore privileged to do as i please so i begin with the librarian pray accept the office or le papa louis philippe will never get the books yours ferdinand musset accepted the office with its salary of four thousand francs a year but le papa was too fond of his own ledger ever to buy any books so after all the poet's office was a sinecure it was taken from him by the provisional government but the imperial munificence has restored it to him there are of course special schools for the profession of arms there is an école militaire in paris and another at st cyr there is an innate taste for things military in the french nature the colleges came to a violent insurrection when by order of the government bells were substituted to call into the classes or into the refectory for the drums which had summoned them before a most magnificent institution is the école militaire de st cyr st cyr is beautifully situated near versailles and the edifice now destined to the training of the future heroes of france was originally destined by madame de maintenon for her celebrated school for the daughters of the nobility madame de maintenon had flattered herself that in conjunction with le père Elysée, she had discovered a most enchanting system of education fitted to young girls destined for the world and the court yet calculated to bring them in safety through the perils of both the morality but not the discipline of a convent was observed 
the religion inculcated was but a well-bred complacent religion serious studies useful arts were cultivated but dancing and dressing and the way to make a graceful court courtesy were not forgotten for the young virgins of st cyr racine at the request of madame de maintenon wrote his sacred dramas of Atalie and Esther. they were acted by the young ladies in the presence of louis the fourteenth and the whole court now though at this period of his life louis the fourteenth the gallant monarch was old and cross his courtiers were many of them young and susceptible so were the actresses thus much confusion followed these pious theatricals not foreseen either by the père elysee or his conscientious royal protectress when racine exclaimed enthusiastically how well these young ladies understand and play their parts madame de maintenon gravely replied too well and the religious dramas were stopped it was here the left-handed queen of france died in the midst of her children as she called them the institution lasted till the revolution whose first principle was destruction when many of its pupils were taken to the scaffold and many emigrated napoleon finding the grounds building and situation admirably suited to the purpose took possession of them and established here his école militaire de saint cyr which still subsists although we have said that the young noblesse of the faubourg st germain had thrown aside their traditional prejudices and were mostly educated in public schools there are still many families who have forgotten the fifty or sixty years in which the world has made the progress of centuries and still educate their sons as their fathers and they themselves were educated it has been said that the bourbons during their exile had learned nothing and had forgotten nothing this saying true of the bourbons is also true of most of the families who have adhered to the elder branch the sons are still confided to priests elected not amongst the enlightened priesthood of the day but from the austere jesuits of old who however they may develop the intellect and cultivate the mind keep both under strict control for their own purposes sending their pupils into the world with the conviction that all who are not with them are against them and that everything which differs in the smallest iota from the letter of the law as laid down by them is sinful and therefore to be opposed and destroyed henry v has been thus educated thus surrounded by the bigotry and narrow prejudice of the last century the noble and faithful friends who have in exile formed his scanty court look upon the revolution as an accident the liberty of the people as an illusion the era of napoleon as a legend and are prepared to begin henri the fifth's reign from the same point as that at which the vieille monarchie was first assailed by the three accidental circumstances above alluded to so there is very little chance of their ever being shown the fallacy of their theory spite of madame de maintenon's institution at st cyr the education of women which towards the end of the reign of louis the thirteenth and the beginning of louis the fourteenth was carried to a ridiculous and affected pitch through the succeeding years has been much neglected it was almost exclusively confined to convents where girls were allowed to remain until they married what they learned here was the practice of religion consisting in all its fasts and festivals a little history a very little geography no arithmetic reading a moderate amount of penmanship no spelling and every description of chain-stitch cross-stitch and tambour now there are still convents in paris where young girls are educated but the education is very different to that we have described the nuns themselves are elegant highly educated and accomplished women 
and the pupils they send into the world are well prepared to fulfil all the duties it imposes still convent education is almost entirely confined to the higher classes but of late years the faubourg st germain finding the convents overrun by the chaussee d'antin have taken from england the fashion of resident governesses and educated their daughters at home besides these convents there are numerous schools for young girls but day schools are not in favour it is contrary to the customs of france to expose a young girl to parade the same streets at the same hours and where a young girl as in france must always be taken and fetched a day-school loses much of its advantages as soon as a girl arrives at the age of twelve or thirteen after she has passed through the grand religious crisis of the first communion she is no longer allowed to go out of the sight of her mother however young the mother may be she must give up the world to a certain extent that is abstain from balls parties and theatres from all places in fact into which her daughter is too young to go the mother therefore proceeds to personally superintend the education of her daughter for which often she is not qualified at least as far as acquirements may go to obviate this inconvenience there has of late years been established in various quarters of paris classes for all the branches of female education presided by professors who impart their instruction in the form of lectures to these classes the inevitable mammas of course accompany their daughters so that often the class of mammas is as numerous as a class of pupils the elder class however content with their ignorance or their little learning pay no attention to the lecture but armed with their needle and embroidery a frenchwoman is never idle gather into cosy groups and discuss more important and amusing topics than any taught by a professor this erratic education we must say from several examples does not produce any very satisfactory results with regard to its principal object but it keeps the daughters out of mischief and prevents the mothers from feeling the temporary loss of the world and its adulations the private boarding-schools of the french capital are as in most other capitals good and bad it has been the fashion of late years for england and the united states to send its daughters to the schools in paris it has likewise been the fashion to accuse these schools of ministering to frivolity coquetry and vanity but this is a false accusation for in no place not even in a convent is the world and its vanities so excluded as in a boarding-school in the first place every school has its uniform consisting of one dress for the ordinary wear and another for greater occasions but alike for the whole school so that the one great excitement and rivalry of dress is entirely suppressed then the pupils rarely go out they have large playgrounds which afford them exercise sufficient so that it is not possible they should form any acquaintances all lessons are taken from the various masters in presence of a teacher in fact the surveillance or female police which in france watches over all girls till the moment of their marriage never leaves them there is a great public school in france for young girls which has acquired great reputation it was founded like almost all the great things in paris by napoleon and by him was first called maison d'éducation de la légion d'honneur and afterwards maison impériale de saint denis it is intended for the daughters of the officers napoleon decorated with the order of the legion of honour which he instituted the orphans were here provided for and heiresses carefully educated to become future wives of the generals from whom napoleon afterwards formed his court and his nobility this institution was placed first under the superintendence of madame campan 
a woman of refined manners and unblemished moral character she had been one of marie antoinette's most faithful adherents as well as one of her personal attendants and has left us most interesting memoirs of the queen and the court she was admirably suited to give a proper tone to the new institution rising as it did in the midst of a confusion of opinions ideas creeds and manners her pupils those whose fortunes and conduct have become matters of history all did her honour both as accomplished women and as women of high principle hortense beauharnais the daughter of josephine and the mother of the present emperor is one of the brightest examples gentle-spirited amiable possessing great talents she was distinguished for her unassuming manners and her attachment to her family and her friends it is said that she did not marry where her heart directed yet she was an exemplary wife spite of scandals which have now died away left at last alone when all europe was against all she had been taught to love and venerate having buried in the little church of ruel her tender and heart-broken mother she craved nor pity nor dower nor title from the conquerors but retired to the only free asylum left her on the banks of the lake of constance through which rushes the rapid rhine marking its course by its blue waves which never mingle with the pure and placid waters of the lake so was it with hortense in her heart and in her brain were remembrances which nothing could efface the world its duties and its cares even as joys might come but still aloof apart through all ran this stream of thought gushing from memory's source nor looking for rest but in the ocean of oblivion and peace here the early days of louis napoleon were passed like most who have achieved greatness his mind and character were fashioned by the hand of a noble and distinguished woman she is indelibly engraven in his heart how touchingly has he acknowledged her influence recalling it even after she is in the grave by making the national air of france the one which greets him on all ceremonious occasions partant pour la syrie a composition of his mother's early days when young lovely and beloved she lived in the sunshine of favour and prosperity but we have wandered far from the schoolroom of the maison de st denis and its beautiful gardens the emperor whenever he felt in a happy mood delighted to rush unexpectedly into the classrooms of the institution and upsetting books and slates proclaim a general holiday then leading the way to the gardens he would begin to romp and run with his children at the maison st denis he inspired neither awe nor fear these young girls had never seen him but in their midst the most riotous and childish spirit of them all and as much as napoleon loved etiquette and respect he delighted in this utter unconsciousness of both a collation sent by the emperor terminated these visits so that perhaps nowhere throughout the vast domain he had made for himself was his name so popular or was he himself so beloved as in this institution the maison st denis was maintained by the bourbons though modified almost into a convent by the duchesse d'angouleme who took it especially under her patronage now it has gradually recovered its original tone it is an admirable institution and without doubt the best educated women in france are those educated at st denis the orphans of members of the legion of honour who when they have terminated their education have no relations to claim them no fortune to support them have the privilege of remaining as teachers in the establishment which then becomes their home there is of course no vow taken and all have full liberty of egress under proper protection the lady superintendents wear the ribbon of the order of the legion of honour within the walls of the establishment 
education in france does not as in england tend to a superficial acquirement of accomplishments as a general thing french girls have little taste for music the only art in which they excel is that of drawing this is assiduously cultivated and as we have said in a former chapter frequently carried to a high state of perfection almost all the modern female artists who have attained eminence have been french for instance madame lebrun whose historical pictures and portraits hold a high place in the galleries of europe though her most renowned picture is the portrait of marie antoinette the best likeness of the queen and the woman said to have been so dignified yet so fascinating madame de mirbel too rivalled the famous isabe in miniature painting both were miniature painters to the imperial court and both have left us a complete gallery of the celebrities of their times the education of french girls terminates at eighteen or nineteen the age at which on an average they usually marry in the commercial classes they leave their studies some two years sooner to assume their places at the ledger or in their father's magasin in modern france france of the last twenty-five years the priesthood has had no influence in education banished from the colleges the priests are almost entirely exiled from the homes of the parisians both boys and girls attend under the guidance of their mothers to the outward observances of the roman catholic church until the age of twelve when being considered fitted by the instructions and preparation they have gone through for the most sacred rite of the church la première communion the great ceremony takes place with much pomp and then all seems accomplished the mother feels she has done her duty and henceforth her children's salvation is in their own hands now the men of france are not sceptics or atheists as in the times preceding the revolution but they are not roman catholics though that is the religion they would confess if called upon to declare their belief they do not follow any of the observances imposed by the church the confessional is rarely occupied by any of the young men of modern france neither do they scrupulously attend mass or vespers or observe the fast days they are christians but in france the power of the church the influence of the pope is gone they have been demolished piece by piece by civilization by education by self-reliance none are more aware of these facts than the clergy themselves voluntarily do confessors abstain from mingling with the world or interfering with the domestic affairs of their parishioners they have changed with the times they have shaped their course as the current of events directed them and are now tolerant unobtrusive pastors of course there are exceptions and those very priests so humble so guileless will still use the terrors of religion with the weak and ignorant or the thunders of the church with any rich and bigoted penitent if such they find still the temporal power of the pope is over in france never can it rise again never for its power has not fallen by the sword nor by violence nor by revolution but by the great workings of the human mind whose action is for ever forward and cannot again retrograde End of chapter twenty three